All right, Happy New Year. Welcome, everyone. Good to have everybody at Allen Park. Good to have everybody joining us online. Hope to get to see you soon in person. Uh, if it's your first time here, we're especially glad that you're here, and it doesn't matter what your church background or involvement has been up to this point. This is a great time to join us to learn what our church is all about. We're going to be talking about our 2020 vision. And a vision really is, as someone said, a picture of what could be fueled by a passion of what should be. It's a, a picture of where we're going, where we're heading, what we're going to try to accomplish this year. And I think about 2020 vision. I had 2020 vision all my life up until about a decade ago and realized something was wrong. And it, I actually didn't know it at first because I'd be at like the back of the auditorium looking at the screens going, man, we need to replace those projectors. So there's something wrong with those. It's just blurry and fuzzy. And it wasn't until I was home watching TV that I, for fun, just put on my son's glasses and I went, oh, it's me. I needed bifocals. Now, I, d I don't really need them unless I want to see something really sharply. You know, if, if I, I rarely use them, but they do bring things into better focus. And I think that's the way it is with the church, is that we, we have a clear picture of where we're going. It's not like we have to come up with a new vision every year. Uh, Jesus has already given us the vision. It's just a way of trying to stay focused on it, of restating it for the season that we're in. It's more like trying to say, here is what is most important for us as a church. And unless we focus on it from time to time, unless we talk about it, we're going to begin to lose that vision and things will begin to get blurry and fuzzy, and we won't even really notice it. So again, we don't have to figure out what the mission is. Jesus gave it to us in what we call the Great Commission, which we find in Matthew 28. In fact, this is something we're all going to read together out loud. This is something you should know by heart at some point. Memorize this. Here we go. He says, everybody, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you. There it is. That's our mission. And that's about, first of all, bringing people to Jesus and salvation. And the shorthand for that is baptizing them. And then it's helping them to become more like Jesus. That's teaching them to obey everything he's commanded. And that's what a disciple is, is somebody who's following Jesus, who's a, a learner, an apprentice. Who's, and that's what we want to do as a church. We want to reproduce more Christ followers, more and better disciples. And the way we express it here is in our mission statement, which is about winning downriver to Christ by creating Christians who are committed, connected, and contributing. It's about these three C Christians who are committed first to Christ, connected to one another, and contributing to the world. And so we want to stay focused on that because the older we get as a church, the more we need to keep those glasses of vision on. Make sure we stay focused on it. So look, we could start off the year by talking about the past year and what's the state of the church. And we could talk about different wins and victories and, and trophies. And there's plenty of that we could talk about. But you know what? There were, there were troubled things too. There, was, there were losses. And we could talk about those. But here's the thing is we can't really measure the state of the church by simple numbers alone. They're important, but they may not be the most important thing. What's really the state of the church? Well, we're in a good place. We're healthy, 
we're stable, we're strong, we're solid, we're Christ-centered, we're Bible-based, we're focused on the Great Commission. Everything we do here starts with the proclamation of the Word and offering people an opportunity to receive Christ, and people do that every week. Practically every week, people make decisions to follow Christ and be baptized. And that's always the best thing, and that's always a super important measure for us. We do look at that number. And every week, we teach sound biblical doctrine. We want to make sure we're, we're helping people to think and live God's will. That's really a big deal. Really shouldn't take that for granted in these times. That God's word is being taught accurately and faithfully. We're going to continue to take a solid stand on divine truth and a culture of shifting sand. We're going to stand on the rock instead of sinking the sand like so many others are doing. If we don't do that, if we don't have that sound biblical doctrine, then we really don't have a church. What's, what's the point of it? We have a loving family. We have unified godly leaders. We have faithful servants who are making everything happen around here, uh, who are training the next generation, who are blessing the community. And look, th th those are all important things, but the thing to realize is we can't really talk about the state of the church as if it's this other thing. You are the church, and so it's about the state of you. How are you doing? What are you involved in? Uh, how are you becoming a, a disciple of Christ? You know, uh, we, we, we've got everything we need. We've got all the resources to be the kind of disciples he's calling us to be, but we're here to help you with that. As a church, we're here for one another. We're here to train and equip one another, to care for one another, and to help you carry out your ministry, your purpose. And I'm excited about the new year. I mean, as God's people, we always got to look ahead with eyes of faith. We can't foresee what's going to happen. I mean, we couldn't last year foresee what was going to happen, you know, whether it was something good or something not so good, but we look forward with the eyes of faith and understand that God brings us through all those things, the good and the not so good, in order to grow us to be more like Jesus. It all shapes us to him. And, and wh what I do know is that a year from now, it's not going to be all the same people here. We'll have new people here, and there will be people who won't be here, who are here, because some will be offered opportunities to move away. Others, sadly, will probably drop away or walk away, and still others, some, this may be the year some of us die. I mean, reflect on that. This may be your final year here. Who knows? And it, you know, if, if this really were your final year, what would you be focused on? What would be most important? Reflect on what's really important in life. And so I'm praying for a year of growth, of outreach, of, of more people coming to faith, of more discipleship, of more impact. I'm excited about what we're going to be learning this year. Next week, we get to jump back into the book of Acts. We're going to pick up in chapter 9, talk about a dramatic turn of events. We're going to see how God can, can help people make incredible turnarounds. Maybe you need a turnaround in your life. Well, the good news is God can do that. He can reform the most... <laughs> Unlikely people, he can uh, help people make incredible changes and, and reverse the most um, uh, terrible things in your life. He can turn all those things around. He can make you into something that, you, that he wants you and created you to be. So you need to be back here for that. Bring somebody who could use a turnaround in their life too. The Apostle Paul, he is, he is the poster boy for this. He's the one we're going to talk about in Acts 9. Because he had this dramatic before and after radical change with, with Christ in his life. 
In fact, Paul then, after that, made it his life goal to do this. Colossians 1, 28 and 29. He says, he, Christ, is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone what? Fully mature in Christ. To this end, I, I and we as a church strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. We want to see that happen in so many lives. That's the kind of turnaround we want to see. Now, look, I think it's becoming more challenging and countercultural to live as a real biblical Christian and be a biblical church. Because just as in Jesus' day, what we believe is becoming more distasteful to society. I mean, everywhere you look, churches are facing backlash and decline. Because what we teach is sometimes going to be offensive. It's going to be unpopular. But that's okay. As long as we're not jerks in the way we do it, what we believe and teach is not going to be the popular thing. But here's, we don't want a compromised brand of culturally watered-down, compromised, nominal religion that has caved into political correctness because that's worthless. That doesn't change anybody's lives. We're going to continue to speak the truth in love around here. And I want us to be effective in how we do that. Not doing whatever is gimmicky or trendy to draw people's attention and lure more butts in the seats. It can't be about that. I'm more concerned with being correct than being cool or being uh, someone who cheapens the gospel by doing whatever it takes to get people here. Now we gotta re yes, we're going to remain culturally current in being missionaries to our community, which means we'll use music that relates, that we'll use forms uh, of uh, communication and presentation that they appreciate and they speak. Absolutely. Because we know the difference Jesus can make in somebody's life when they understand it. That's why we're going to continue to show Jesus, to lift up Jesus, to make Jesus famous, that he's the one that can answer people's biggest questions in life, who can meet their deepest needs, who can who can change their lives. And it's, look, so if we're not attracting them with that message, then what are we attracting them with? I mean, what we attract them with is what we attract them to. We want to attract people with Jesus. And I'll give you an illustration of that that I saw in a, in a book uh, about a year ago from Francis Chan, popular author and missionary. He was talking about his daughter's birthday coming up. And he asked her this question. He said, if we were to invite your friends to our house for your birthday and had nothing for them. <laughs> Just, they could, they, we would have cake, but no games, no entertainment. They'd just be here to be with you, maybe to celebrate a little bit, but nothing else. How many of your friends would come? And she said, mm, maybe a couple. He said, well, how about if we had a party where we rented out Dave and Buster's and offered unlimited tokens and food and prizes. How many of your friends would come? And she smiled and confidently said, oh, the whole school would come for that. Isn't that true? What are we attracting people with? We want to attract them to Jesus, so we got to be careful what we attract them with. Our job is to direct people to God, and we're never going to be able to make the church popular to society. It's not going to happen. We can't grow the church 
through our methods. I mean, we'll, we'll do whatever we can on our end, but ultimately, it's not our church, is it? The church belongs to God. And, and so we'll pray, and we'll evangelize, we'll invite, we'll bring people, we'll strive for engaging worship services, we'll teach, we'll do all those things. But we can't affect any of that. This is God's church. We're not going to get into this never-ending quest to compete with the world. That's not what the church is. What we're going to do is continue to offer people the opportunity to follow Christ with an invitation at the end of every message every week. We're not going to stop doing that. And we're not going to downplay the importance of spontaneous impromptu baptism right on the spot every week or weekly communion because that was important in the early church. We want to be a place that is different from all other places, a place where they can't find this anywhere else out in the world. That's not something we can manufacture. That's not something we can manipulate. That's got to be a God thing. Because, look, if they're not interested in God, then what's the point? If they're not going to be attracted, if they're not going to be awed by the sacred, then what's the point? We're not here to attract them to us but to Jesus. Now, if you're not a Christian, I understand. You may not be on board with all that I'm talking about. That's okay. All this Jesus and Bible stuff, you're not there yet. I wouldn't expect you to be. But uh, the reason I believe that you're here is because you are looking for something different, something more, something better than you're finding out there in the world. Maybe you've had enough of what the world is offering. And you say, there's got to be something deeper than this. And I believe that you know that there is. And so, yes, we want, we're glad you're here. We love you. We want to be sensitive to where you are on your spiritual journey. But you've got to know right up front that we're not going to hide who we are. We're not going to sugarcoat the truth. We're not going to pander to anybody. We're going to continue to be the church that Jesus calls us to be. And that is something different. You know you want something better and deeper that is going to stimulate your mind and warm your heart and satisfy your soul. That's something that we can do. So right up front, you need to know what we're about. And we are about making disciples. That's what Jesus cares about more than anything else, that we make disciples. We're disciples who make disciples. So what kind of disciple are you? Because you're the church. So if everybody showed up like you did... What kind of church would we be? If everybody sang like you sing, what kind of worship would God receive? If everybody prayed like you prayed, what kind of answers would we get? If everybody served like you serve, what would get done around here? If everybody gave like you gave, what would get funded? If everybody invested in making disciples like you do, how many disciples would get made? You are the church. So here's what our vision is about. It's about first gaining disciples. Gaining disciples. We desire to be uncommonly evangelistic by investing in relationships and inviting. And I say uncommonly because sadly it is uncommon. It's not normal these days for Christians to be evangelistic, to be outward focused, to share their faith with others. We're scared to do that. We're intimidated. We're, we're, we're overly sensitive to that. And so we, we want to turn up the heat on the value of evangelism and to be uncommon, to be a little abnormal. 
So we're going to encourage you to continue to share your faith, to invite others, to bring people. Why? So that there can be even more baptisms into Christ this year. Because that is always the best thing. That's the most important thing. That we're reaching people who are lost, who are far from God, who don't have a Savior. That's the thing that keeps me going, man, is, is seeing those waters get stirred every week. And they get stirred because of your witness. Our vision includes increasing our outreach efforts. We want to do more to, to train you to be able to share the gospel and invite others. We, we not only want to do that in our own community, though, we want to continue to promote that globally. Next month in our celebration of generosity, we want to generously give to missions nationally and internationally. And we pray to see... Our weekly attendance here increased this year by at least 3%. You say, well, that's not a whole lot of people. Oh, it is. It actually is. Because in order to grow just by 3%, that means we've got to have close to 1,500 new guests here this year. So that means every one of you inviting somebody. It, it comes down to how many people that you're going to invite, how many guests we have. So we're going to do all we can to create these environments where you can grow close to God, experience community, where you feel good about inviting your family and friends, where they're going to feel welcomed and inspired, and they're going to feel helped, all the while being exposed to the gospel. We'll do what we can do here, but you got to do what you do. you got to bring them. Think about that, what Jesus did. He went through all the towns and the villages. It says he preached wherever he went. And then when he saw the crowds, he told his disciples this in Matthew 9, 37 and 38. Everybody, we're going to read this out loud together as well. This is another one you need to have down. Alan Park, read out loud with me too. Here we go. He says, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Who are the workers? Yeah, raise your hand. You, who are the workers? We're all the workers. So open your eyes to see clearly with 2020 vision through the eyes of Jesus all the people around you who need life and hope and forgiveness and meaning and joy and peace and healing who need salvation. And that's what I'm asking the Lord for. And that's what I believe we're going to see more of is I, I still envision thousands of more people coming to faith in Christ through this church all over Downriver. Can you see that? Imagine if every one of us did that. We just went out and we led one person to faith in Christ. And then we discipled that new believer to become a disciple maker. We could easily win Downriver to Christ. We could win the whole world to Christ if we all had that kind of vision. So it's about, number one, gaining disciples, but number two, it's about growing disciples, right? Jesus said, teaching them to obey all I've commanded. So we desire for people to take those next steps with God. We want to keep increasing how many 3C Christians that we have. People who are committed to Christ and in our worship services, connected to one another in our groups, contributing to the world through our, through our teams. That's what a healthy church looks like. It's full of 3C Christians. We're becoming more like Jesus. And so we, we want to do more Bible teaching this year because we desperately need to have God's Word in our lives. So I put together some video curriculum for our groups on our essentials, our 10 core beliefs. I just took two, through, two groups through that. And now nearly all of them are going to be leading others in groups uh, this, this new season. 
So we want to make that more available to you. I want to produce even more video courses for in, in, in our essentials. We've got that right now media that's available to you. I want to develop some next step seminars with some concentrated Bible teaching. Again, we've got new groups starting right now. This is a great time to jump in. Our vision includes becoming not just a church with groups, but a church of groups where everybody is involved in a group so you can experience community and grow closer to God. See, those first disciples, they met in homes as well as the larger venues. And they were there for each other. It's where we best can practice the one another's of the New Testament, right? We, we encourage one another. We build up one another. We learn to care for one another. Groups are where all our chairs are facing one another and not just in one direction. Where we do life together. Where we are known and we can know others. It's where you've got brothers and sisters with you, praying for you personally who are visiting you when you're in the hospital or they show up at the funeral home to grieve with you that's what you need in your life and if you're missing a group you're missing out on a lot of what being the church is so you got a lot of new groups forming uh, a little bit of something for everybody a lot of groups to choose from some are going to be using that right now media uh, videos as well so it's about gaining disciples number one Growing disciples, number two. And number three, it's about generating leaders. We desire to reproduce great leaders. All of our environments, whether it's worship services, groups, teams, all of that need leaders. And every leader needs to have somebody, an apprentice, who's learning how to take on that same role. And that's something we continue to struggle with. Our, we just don't have enough leaders and we don't have enough apprentices for all the groups and teams that we have. So our vision is to become a breeding ground. A breeding ground for developing leaders. It, listen, it's not really about having a church full of leaders. That's not the important thing. It's about having a church full of disciple makers. People who are investing in others and not just being consumers. See, Jesus' idea of a disciple involves a relationship, right? Relationship where a more mature believer spends time with a less mature believer. You know, mentoring them, pouring into them, whatever you want to call it. But that's how we multiply. We see this played out in John 3, 22, where Jesus and his disciples went out into the Judean countryside where he what? He spent time with them. That's what we need, to be spending time with each other, helping each other grow. And my, my role is more and more spending time with leaders, developing the next generation of leaders. Uh, that, that's my my calling is to preach and to teach and develop and equip leaders who can develop and equip others. That's the model given to us in Ephesians chapter 4. Paul writes, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers. Why? To equip his people. Why? For works of service. Why? So that the body of Christ may be built up. So our, our goal has got to be making ongoing coaching and training more of a priority to equip you so that you can do what God's called you to do. We want to help you. You can do it and we can help. All right, so even our staff and our elders, we go through doctrine books and leadership books together. Again, we're doing video curriculum. We're, we're doing right now media. We're going to continue to have these next level leadership gatherings where we gather all the groups, all the leaders together to pour into them. And we're going to add more network leaders to help our current group leaders. So we got to be there for each other. And that, this, again, it's to help you. 
carry out your purpose, your ministry to fulfill the Great Commission. Here's what I'm saying. Everyone, everyone can disciple someone. Everyone's a disciple maker. So what's, what's your role in all this? How can you help? How are you growing as a disciple and making disciples? That's our big idea, is to be a disciple by making disciples. Be a disciple by making disciples. You can only reproduce what you're becoming. So what are you becoming? What's your plan for that? Where are you in that next nine that we talk about? These steps to help you develop to become a follower of Christ. So what we're again asking you this year is to check yourself against the progress of those next nine. What do you need to begin or what do you need to improve or increase this year until all nine are completed or being practiced? What is your next step? Allow us to help you take it. Maybe it begins with being baptized. Have you experienced biblical baptism? What a great time to do that. If you, you're a believer, but you've never been baptized into Christ, start off the year by, by doing that. If you've never confessed your faith in Christ, never repented of your sins, this is your first step. You identify with Jesus by burying your past, your sins and baptism, rising up to a new life. This isn't about your parents' decision for you and having you sprinkled, but now this is about your decision to be immersed as Scripture teaches, as the early Christians practiced. It's where you receive those promises of forgiveness, of being filled with the Holy Spirit to help you, of, of eternal life. This is a profound and powerful spiritual marker, and it's, it marks your best decision ever. If you haven't done that, start with that. Make it a priority this year to gather to worship every week. No more playing around, being a casual Christian, showing up whenever I feel like it or when I have the time. No, I'm going to be here with God's people every week. Unless I'm sick. If you're sick, stay home. We don't want your germs, please. But, or if you're out of town. But other than that, be here for fellowship and worship and communion. How about a daily encounter time with God, a time alone with God where you're praying and you're reading his word because that's the only way you communicate with God and you build your relationship with him is through that kind of communication. To develop this spiritual habit, go on our website. Go to the next step section and there you're going to find some Bible reading plans and start reading this year. Start reading in the New Testament. Spend at least 10 minutes. Try 10 minutes of prayer and reading and see if it doesn't change your life. How about uh, becoming a member of the church? Have you done that yet? You say, well, I'm a believer. Okay, but are you a belonger? Because every Christian needs not only to believe, but to belong. We're part of this community, this family, and we'd love to have you join us, be a part of it here, okay? And so to, to help you with that, we offer that first step experience, that two-hour session where we'll tell you more about the next nine and what our church is all about. At Trenton here, we're going to have our next one. It's going to be January 19th. And at Allen Park, it's going to be February uh, 16th. Uh, again, we're going to have feed you, free lunch, child care. Don't miss that. All right, we've talked about groups. Maybe your next step is to, to become part of a group where you become that mini church. And look, I know the fear is, well, I don't know the people there. That's how you get to know people. You say, well, I don't know much about the Bible. That's okay. That's how you get to know about the Bible. Uh, you're going to grow in all that stuff. There's something for everybody. Go online. Go to Info Central. This is the perfect time to get in a group. Maybe your next step is to be coached personally said okay beyond a group of like you know four six eight ten people how about a little bit of like two or three people getting together 
And like the more mature, the one who's a couple steps ahead, uh, you, you read through some Bible chapters together, you go, go through a Christian book together, you watch some of those right now media videos together, or maybe you're the one who's going to help you know, somebody who's just a couple steps behind you. Uh, I'm going to put some more resources on, on our website this year, some more options for you to help with that. Or this could be the year that you're going to grow in your generosity toward God. Wouldn't that be awesome to finally step out and trust God with your finances, to put him first? You know, maybe you're going to begin giving for the first time, become a rookie giver, or, or maybe you're going to become more consistent and intentional in sacrificing for Christ and his church. Uh, wouldn't that be sweet to see generosity increase among God's people here or maybe you're, you're not serving and you know it's time to join a team to get involved in serving meeting needs making a difference look that's called a ministry and God has called you he's gifted you to serve others and there's all kinds of different ways to do that right you can do it through hospitality around here you can get involved in kids or teen ministries creative arts uh, administration food pantry I'll go on our website uh, take a spiritual gifts assessment to help figure out what your gifts and talents are. Uh, sign up for a team or just try a sample serve. Make this the year that you get off the sidelines and get on the field. You can do it. We'll help. And certainly all of us can take the step of going. Maybe this will be the year <clears throat> where you finally start going. Whether you, you go across the room or you go across the hall, or you go across the street, or you go across the ocean. You finally go to other people, and you share Christ with them, share your faith. Invite them to church, because it's all about the Great Commission. How can God use you this year? Maybe you just need to focus on one of those next nine. What's it going to be? What's going to be your focus do you have that 2020 vision? Are you, are you going to stay sharp this year? Are you going to stay focused on the Great Commission? Or are you just going to wander through another year? You know, blurry, fuzzy about what am I supposed to be doing? Or I'll get to it later, some other time. I'm busy right now. I've got too much going on. Don't look back at the end of this year with a lot of regret of what could have been and what you could have done or even worse to get to the end of your life with regret and wonder what if let's pray about that together God we look to you and so help us to see how you'd like to work in us and, and work through us that you would open our eyes to see with, with your vision to see your plan for our lives, to see the bigger picture, the bigger meaning, and to see how different our lives could be, how much greater our impact could be. Father, help us to be gripped by a vision of, of what could and should be. We're still praying, but you pray silently right now for a few moments about what your next step is, what God could, could what step God would have you take. Father, lead us and show us the way. Open doors of opportunity this year like never before. Help us to win down river. Down river. Make it, we'll make more and better 3C Christians, God, if, if you'll help us. Give us that faith to make it the best year ever. G give us 
give, give some people right now the courage to finally take that step to make the best decision ever to follow you. Remove our spiritual blindness, Father, so we can see the truth and confess that Jesus is the Christ. Because we pray it in his name. Amen.